I haven't even had all the beer Jack wanted. I've only had half of the one that I had. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Okay, how are you? I'm doing all right. Fabulous. Yeah. Just uh, hanging out in my house. Farming giant... Oh my god. Cauliflower. Wow. <laughs> like you do. Cool brain. That was yep. very good. My brain does that a lot. <laughs> it was like cantaloupe. No. Broccoli. Are... <laughs> no. At least broccoli was kind of on the right track. It's very yeah. similar except for the color. Well, at least cantaloupe started with a C. So, you know, in my own way, I was aiming in the right direction. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. How in Stardew Valley did you grow such a ridiculously ginormous, like, nine-square-plot cauliflower. You just grow it and you let it sit. So what I started doing is just planting craploads of the ones that will do that and then just letting them sit all season. Oh, so I have to turn off my Junimos then? Yes, yes, okay. you do. Those productive little bastards yeah. ruin your giant crops. <laughs> okay, good to know. I haven't played in a while, but I keep meaning to go back to it, so... <laughs> I was uh, home a little early, so I thought I would pull out the Steam Deck for a moment before we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. I've been home all day and have done, like, nothing. Nice. Yeah, except that I was supposed to be editing podcasts. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) And I just barely started. Well, I was at work and I did very little there, so. Fair. It was a very very low motivation day. Yeah. And then I came home early because I had an electrician come because I have the dumbest electrical (laughs) in the world where all of my kitchen outlets, besides the refrigerator and the oven, which are on their own breakers, good, good, good (laughs) switches, all the other outlets, the dishwasher, the garbage disposal, and the things we plug in like the coffee maker, toaster oven, and microwave are all on the same switch. Yeah, that's dumb. And it was also apparently a 15 and not even a 20. Oh, that's also dumb. (laughs) So that's what the electrician did was switch that out. And he thought it could be that or it could have just been a weak switch. So hopefully at least I can microwave my food now without having to go downstairs and turn back on the switch. But he was like... Yeah, if you wanted to improve this anymore, we'd have to put a bunch of holes in your ceiling in your basement. And also, you'd probably want to gut your kitchen to do that. So I was like, well, that's a project for like two decades from now, Kathy. So (laughs) we'll take what I can get. Fair. (laughs) Yeah, we have some electrical work we want to get done, too. Not very thrilling. Yeah. Because our house is also wired in a really stupid way. But if we have to gut our entire upstairs to fix the wiring (laughs) problems with our upstairs then i think we can skip that and deal with the flickering lights (laughs) but all of the lights in our upstairs flicker and we were like maybe when we have solar panels and the electricity isn't primarily coming directly from the street i don't know somehow jeff thought that maybe it was instability in the power line Hmm. causing it but 
the solar panels are not helping the issue. And Curses. just all of the lights upstairs flicker and it's annoying. Yeah. And also just like the way that some of the switches and some of the, both, both the switches upstairs and downstairs just is dumb. <laughs> How they're yeah. wired. Yeah. Just dumb. Oh yeah. I, there are multiple switches. I still have no idea what they do in this stupid house, but yeah. it's okay. Home ownership. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, but at least I don't have any neighbors right on top of me. Yeah. And they're not sitting nice. outside my living room window smoking and making me feel sick. So That's, that's good. Yeah. Uh, also, my dishwasher stopped working. <laughs> oh, no. I think based on what the internet is telling me, it needs a new touchpad and or control panel. Yeah. So I ordered the part today and I'm going to try to switch it out myself because the YouTube videos made it look like it was a pretty straightforward fix. Weird. That's the exact same issue that Jeff's parents were recently having really? with their dishwasher that I heard about every time we visited them for several weeks. <laughs> <laughs> They're lovely people, but they sometimes yeah. tend to fixate on things. <laughs> I mean, I would be pretty upset too if my dishwasher is still not fixed after a while. So True. Don't even get me started on yeah. grinder pumps though. Oh, no. <laughs> it's disgusting. And we've... That sounds really uh, dirty. Been listening to their grinder pump issues for a good couple of years now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want grinder pump issues. <laughs> grinder pump means a very different thing to them than it does to most other generations that came after them. <laughs> As Jeff and I have discussed before. <laughs> And it's hard to not giggle whenever they talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, speaking of generational divides. Oh, ah, nice. <laughs> There is a very prominent one in this episode. There sure is. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 7 Episode 3, Fragile Balance. Indeed. Yeah. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? Oh, I guess I'll start. Sam has been called to see General Hammond and they meet up in a hallway. And she's like, what are we doing here? And he lets her know that someone tried to break into the base using Colonel O'Neill's security ID. And they've taken this person into custody and he wants to see Sam. Sam wants to know why, and Hammond says, I don't know, maybe you'll you'll figure it out. Hammond leads Sam to a door. They open the door, and there's a teenage boy hanging out in this room. It's got a bed, and so, like, one of their little, like, guest suite slash prisons? Yeah, it was more <laughs> the bunk bed type of yeah prison type room i think who knows what this is yeah the fancy queen-sized bed suite jack's clothes which are often already baggy <laughs> I <made the> same <laughs> comment. <laughs> are even extra baggy on this teenager who is wearing jack's clothes so instead of being two sizes too big they're like five sizes too big <laughs> This kid does not introduce himself, and he's just, like, hopping right to it. He's like, we're getting somewhere now that Sam's here. Dude, go get me a coffee, he tells the uh, SF there. He wanted it half an hour ago, so come on. Hammond agrees to let him go get coffee. So that guy leaves. This is not important. I just... (laughs) (laughs) Sam is, of course, 
a little confused because she's like, it's a boy. <laughs> this kid, though, seems to know Sam. He's like, as it turns out, Carter, yes, I am. She asks if she knows him. And he's like, come on, it's me. Hammond says that they tried to contact Jack, even sent someone to the house, but he wasn't there. Sam's like, you're in a lot of trouble, young man. You're impersonating a military officer. And then the kid's like, I'm not impersonating him. I am Jack O'Neill. So there. Did he look familiar to you? Aside from supposedly resembling Jack? He just looked like a young kid. I didn't recognize him. He looked familiar to me and... I think he's been on, like, a bunch of different things. Like, Star Trek Insurrection, I probably would have seen him in, but I don't remember his role in that. Mm. But one thing in his bio that did stand out to me is that he played young Niles in an episode of (laughs) Frasier. So, like, you know what? I can picture that scene. That's why that kid looks familiar. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely wasn't going to get that from here. Yeah. Yeah. And while I'm usually, as everyone knows, I tend to be a little hard on child actors, but I thought that the kid did a great job playing young Niles, and I also thought he did a great job playing young Jack here. He had all the mannerisms down in both cases, and like the speech patterns and everything. Like Later on, when you see him walking, he even walks exactly like Jack does. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he did. He did. I agree. Because it's me. I had Googled the guy, too, because I was like, who's this kid? And then he was in like 10,000 things. But when I was trying to look up something later, I came across an interview with him about <laughs> his role here. And he was talking yeah. about he had not actually seen any of the show. He just watched some tapes of like Richard Dean Anderson on the show when he got the part. And like he nailed it. He really did. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering. I'm like, he's got to have actually just wondered if he was like watching Jack or just watching videos of Jack or how he... Like, what he used to prepare. No, Videos, apparently. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. After credits, somebody, maybe Hammond? <laughs> I think it's Hammond, is looking very closely at Jack's ID. We learn that his middle initial is J, and I was wondering what that stands for. So he's two L's and two J's, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I thought maybe it was Jonas, and that's why he didn't like Jonas Ooh. being around, because he's like, that's my name. Maybe. My secret middle name. Hmm. There's so many things. Yeah. Jehoshaphat. Yeah. John Jacob Jingleheimer O'Neill. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Must be that one. <laughs> the guy that went out for coffee comes back and it's not coffee. It's hot chocolate. He took a sip of that before he announced that. And I was yeah. like, you could have smelled that before you. <laughs> Even if you put a lot of cream and sugar in your coffee, you'd still be able to tell the difference between yeah. hot chocolate and coffee before you drink it. <laughs> But also, hot chocolate is delicious. It is. I agree. And also, if he really wanted coffee so bad, why didn't he get some on his way to the base? Like, he had to know when he got there that it was going to take a little convincing <laughs> What for people to accept who he was. So if he really needed coffee, maybe don't depend on them to bring him coffee. Just go buy coffee. There's no age limit on purchasing coffee. So <laughs> just go get it. <laughs> Anyway, Sam asks where he got his ID from. He tries to convince everyone that it's his own. He keeps pulling up his pants, which made me wonder, does Jack not own any belts? How does he not own any belts, given that even under the best of circumstances, his clothes are still way too big for him? <laughs> I don't know. I they're not. Understand. They're just small enough that they don't fall down. But now <laughs> he has nothing. I guess. I guess so. Young Jack. I guess we could just call him Jack. <laughs> 
Sorry, now I'm just thinking about him getting there, walking around <laughs> holding his pants the whole time. It is right? ridiculous. It is. And how did he even get there? Like, <laughs> did he drive himself? I feel like he drove himself. And who let him on the base to begin with if he was driving <laughs> That's a car? That's a good point. He can't have taken a lift because that wasn't a thing yet. I guess he could have taken a cab, but <laughs> yeah, how did he get there? Because I think the base, I would imagine the base is not like really that close to anyone's home. Yeah. yeah. Especially because Jack kind of lives in the middle of nowhere. I would yeah. think that the base would actually also be, I don't know, probably not in the middle of downtown though, given that it's a mountain. But, you know, I can't imagine he lives that close where he probably could have walked there. But I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Many questions. Well, it's under NORAD, right? Sure. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no idea where NORAD is. Just wow. more questions that we never get answers to, which I was left with many of at the end of this episode. But anyway, Jack <laughs> says that he ate some dinner and had a beer last night. And then when he woke up, he woke up like that. Youthened by 20 years or so. 30 years, in fact. <laughs> So he says that Fraser just needs to do some tests to prove it's really him and then find a cure and make him big again and everything will be fine as far as Jack is concerned. And then Daniel comes in <laughs> and is equally surprised that there is a kid here. <laughs> Jack is like, Daniel, tell them who I am. And Daniel's like, I would love to. Who are you? Daniel. Sounds like him. At least the loud grating parts. Once again, there's debate over, I'm Jack. No, you're not. You're too young to be Jack. Back and forth, which happens a lot this episode. Yes. And then Teal comes in and we start the whole thing basically all over again. Jack tries to prove who he is by talking about the Tok'ra and how Sam had once had Jolinar in her head and talks to Teal about Braytak and the Gua'uld and their Tritonin. And everyone is shocked that he could have all of this information and can't figure out how he got it until Jack screams, because it's me and pulls up his pants. again. <laughs> so indignant, but then the pants hike and it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> again, if it's supposed to really be Jack, why it would he be so surprised that people would be having trouble believing it's him? I didn't understand that part. <laughs> Silly. SG three quarters and Hammond leave the room to have a little sidebar about this situation. They are still not believing that it is Jack because they're like, how could a boy find out our classical information? Classical? But classical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Classical information. Yep. None of this newfangled information. Yep. Not classified, just classical. Classical. Yep. A lot about the Greeks and Romans. <laughs> I was thinking more classical music, maybe ah, period. It could be all of those things. Could. But yeah. <laughs> Hammond wants to know how he could know such classified information. Classified. <laughs> but then Sam's like, maybe it's him. Hammond's still not believing this. He's like, how could he have regressed more than 30 years overnight? Daniel says stranger things have happened. And Teal'c asks him to name things. And Daniel just 
bats off a laundry list of things like boom, boom, boom. I was surprised that Tilk even questioned that. You've seen some weird shit, Tilk. Come on, you know that stranger things have happened than this, for sure. <laughs> but then we couldn't bring up when he got really old, he was a caveman. They all swapped bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes their memory and their reason is sacrificed in the name of a good line yeah. and comedy. So, <laughs> fair. Which I appreciate. Hammond says maybe we should uh, start moving on to the testing portion of this exercise. So they go to Dr. Jack Up. Sure. They do. According to Fraser, his DNA is identical, virtually identical, rather, to Jack's in every way. Sam asks what kind of margin of error they're talking about, and Fraser says that in a court of law, as far as the court was concerned, this is Jack. It is just a tiny abnormality that she sees, doesn't really know what it is, but it is him. Daniel asks how a tiny abnormality might be able to cause this, and Fraser's like, I have no idea. <laughs> She's got some specialists flying in, and they're going to do more tests. And they're going to get him a PlayStation just to help him keep himself entertained. <laughs> Before they do that, they all sit down to eat with him. Well, not all of them. Sam and Teal'c go to the commissary where Jack is already sitting and eating some cereal or is about to eat some cereal. Teal'c has a pile of grapes and an apple. Sam doesn't <laughs> have any food, but she eats off of Teal'c's plate, so it's fine. I didn't actually notice that they were eating. I normally pay attention to that, and I totally forgot this time. Teal'c and Sam are smiling at Jack. Jack is not amused at how they're enjoying this. Sam then says, well, you're kind of cute. And he's like, that's sir. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll be good. (laughs) Jack says that being trapped in a scrawny body isn't his idea of cute. So Teal'c asks, but doesn't being younger have advantages? Like... Increased health and vitality. And Jack says his vitality is just fine. Sam's like, wouldn't everybody want to be young again and live their life over? And no. (laughs) Yeah, not so much. Including Jack. Jack's not on board with that. Nope. Sam, though, says, well, while we're trying to fix this, try to enjoy yourself as much as she and Teal'c are. (laughs) Sir. It's kind of a pointless scene, but anyway. It was a silly scene. It was silly. Next, we're at Jack's house. Going to have a look around. There is a bunch of Chinese food takeout cartons everywhere, which I only really paid attention to because he said he had burritos the night before for dinner. So how long is the Chinese food sitting there? (laughs) I don't know. That's kind of gross. A little bit. Yeah. They're having a look around. Tilk goes into the refrigerator and asks Jack if he's doing a scientific experiment. (laughs) Because he's apparently found some rotten salsa, or whatever it's supposed to be. And then Jack reaches in and pulls out a beer and opens it. And you can't convince me that Jack would be drinking on duty. I guess you could consider him being on duty, (laughs) technically, even though he's young. And I don't know. I just thought it was weird that he would do that and yeah i know that they're trying to like play up the fact that he is at least on face value way too young to drink but i'm like come on jack clearly drinks a lot on his his own time but would not drink on shift maybe it's like a his habit of coming in the house and cracking a beer is so ingrained Mm. he couldn't help himself (laughs) it could be the act of opening that beer just made him feel at home could be could be 
Fair enough. They once again talk about what happened the night before. He had his burritos. He drank his beer. He went to bed. So they go to Jack's bedroom next and have a look around in there. Daniel starts pulling his underwear out of the... Starts pulling Jack's clean underwear out of the drawer, not pulling his own underwear out of his yeah. pants. <laughs> probably specify whose underwear he's pulling out here. Sorry. <laughs> Wasn't expecting you to specify that. But <laughs> you know, it had to be said. <laughs> Jack is not pleased that Daniel's digging around in his underwear. No. Not the ones he's currently wearing. (laughs) They keep looking around. Long story short, they don't really find anything. But all of a sudden, Jack has a flashback to some Asgard faces and some green globes spinning around him and a white mist. And that's suspicious that the Asgard would have something to do with this. Yeah. Yeah. He's got multiple pictures in his room of him and his son, which is... He does. Aw, very sad. And Then he had... Sorry, I was looking at his walls. He had some, like, fish painted on this little piece of wood over, a, like, a coat rack-like type thing. And Yeah, I thought it was weird that he had a coat rack in his it room. It was weird, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, we have a coat rack, but it's by the door. Yeah, it's one of the ones... It's like, it's like you know, a couple of hooks on a panel... Yeah. Attached to the wall, that right. kind of coat rack. It just, it did seem weird to me to have one in your bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe some hooks like in the closet or behind right. a door, but it was like right on the wall. It was weird. Yeah. Why would you hang up your jacket in your room? Because then if you're like in the living room and you're on your way out, it's not conveniently located. That's true. Unless you're like my house where I don't really have a place to do that. Oh, wait, I do. I have a fucking mud room, but <laughs> there are no locks on the outer doors, so I'm not putting anything in there yet. Yeah, fair. I have to do that too. Homeownership. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the SGC, the team has gathered in the briefing room with Hammond. They have told him about Jack's vision. Hammond's like, that doesn't make sense. Daniel points out that what he saw in his flashback sounds like a lot of very typical UFO abduction cases. And then Jack goes, this you remember my birthday you forgot? And that was silly. I'm going to stop talking about Daniel's stupid memory loss. Um, (laughs) They're confused because this isn't typical behavior they've seen from the Asgard, like kidnapping people and de-aging them or just de-aging people. Sam points out, though, that Thor has told them that the Asgard have been keeping an eye on humans for a long time, so maybe that means something more they're doing? I don't know. Seems to be the implication of what she's saying. Hammond's like, but we're allies! (laughs) Sam wants to know what they could gain from making him young against his will, but nobody has any good ideas on that. Daniel is going to do some more research. He's going to look up more abduction encounters to see if he can find any that match Jack's flashback. Meanwhile, Sam has a briefing at 1300 hours on the F-302. So I guess they've made that F instead of X. Yeah. Yeah. I actually looked it up. Oh, okay. It was 
on GateWorld.net. It was ah. the X302 when it was still experimental, but then mm. they changed it to the F302 when they rolled it out for actual practical use. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Jack's a little upset to find out Sam is doing this briefing because that's his job. But Hammond thinks it's maybe not a good idea for teenage Jack to go lead this briefing because he doesn't look like him and he's a teenager. Jack, though, is still, like, not happy with it. And he's sitting there still by himself when the meeting ends. Later, in Hammond's office... Jack goes to see him and wants to try to convince Hammond to let him lead that meeting later anyway. (laughs) He says to Hammond that you're not the one who went to bed watching CNN and woke up as part of the MTV generation. (laughs) And this kid is definitely younger than the MTV generation is, Jack. So you still don't even... That just kind of shows how dated either he or all of the writers were (laughs) if they thought that this person who was probably born in like... I don't know, like 1995 or something was part of the MTV generation. That kid wants his MTV, okay? (laughs) Anyway, Hammond says that that's exactly why Sam needs to lead the briefing. There's more back and forth about all of Jack's qualifications despite his apparent age. But Hammond, for once, isn't backing down. I guess that it's easier for him to stand up to Jack when he looks like a kid. I guess so. So Jack says he understands. We clearly all can see that there's an ulterior motive, though, (laughs) as he leaves. Yeah. Elsewhere, Daniel and Teal'c are doing research. I guess they're in the lab. Daniel's lab. Jonas's lab. (laughs) Miss Jonas. They've found a lot of accounts of alien abduction. Teal'c's on a computer with some a magical database that apparently has all alien abductions ever in it. Yeah. So he just, you know, puts in similarities to Jack's story and comes up with a very long list of people who have been abducted the way Jack is. But then they put it even more closer where they're talking about how there are four lights and <laughs> they come up with a shorter list once they put in that Picard line. I don't know. Is this a yeah. Project Blue Book database that they might have had access to? Or maybe just good old MUFON? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But they've found that the most recent account they've had that matches Jack's is from 19 years ago. And eight of them are from the United States. So they're going to start to apparently fly around the country and talk <laughs> to all of these people in person. Yep. yep. Yeah. Totally reasonable. Good plan. Absolutely. Next, we're in the briefing room with Sam. She is trying to give her talk. Her slides are not very good because the text on them is way too small for anybody (laughs) to read. So either this screen needs to be way bigger or she needs to change her font size. It's not very reader friendly, Sam. Anyway, the assholes in the front row are giving her a hard time because Jack's the one that actually flew the plane. And even though she knows all the specs and was also on it, Because she's a female, they don't want to hear what she has to say. Nobody ever says it, but that's kind of how it came across to me, that they were just being sexist assholes. Because as soon as young Jack shows up, this teenage boy, long story short, they're more than happy to listen to 
a male presenting person, even though he only looks to be 15, rather than the fully qualified, obviously old enough female in front of them. Yeah. So this whole scene just made me annoyed. Yeah. No, it was very annoying. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not a whole lot to say about it beyond that, because mostly it's just them talking about, like, the technicalities of flying the F-302. So that's pretty much the gist of it. I did like in the scene when... Jack is like, hey, I realize it doesn't actually say Colonel anywhere in my uniform as like a callback to when the actor in the TV show based on it, Wormel Extreme, was like, <laughs> as a matter of fact, it does say Colonel on my uniform. And then he's like, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't. Did anybody else notice that? <laughs> it just it cracked me up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was the one part of the scene I liked. That was amusing. Next, Daniel and Tilk have apparently been the ones to undertake this flying around the country mission. And so they're on a farm talking to a guy about his abduction, which was 26 years ago or so. And he's kind of confused about why the Air Force is suddenly taking a new interest in the story. Daniel and Tilk obviously can't say much other than, well, we might have some new information. The guy asks if it's going to prove his story, and Daniel says maybe, but even if it did, they're obviously not ever going to tell him, so no. <laughs> I don't know why they bothered to give him false hope that it could be something that would be helpful for him to know eventually. Maybe Daniel was worried he'd say, no, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So they ask the guy to start his story all over again. He tells them that he was asleep in his bed and a light appeared in the room. And it took him. And then suddenly we are talking to another person that's basically sharing the same story about being in a spacecraft of some sort, weightless and floating. It's dark and it's cold. This person couldn't move a muscle even though she was wide awake. And then the devices came. She mentions the same green glowing balls that Jack had talked about. And next, we're getting pretty much the same story from an interpreter speaking to an older gentleman. He is also talking about the small green spheres. And then a voice came and said not to be afraid and that it would all be fine again and safe soon. Daniel asks if the person saw who was speaking to him. And in the flashback, we see an Asgard. So... This has nothing to do with anything, and it's completely (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Good time to bring it up, then. But when she's talking about the green glowing balls, it just made me wonder if anyone had ever used glow-in-the-dark body paint on their balls to make them (laughs) green and glowing. I'd be interested to hear any stories that were out there, just throwing that out there. I'm sure people must have. It seems like a bad idea, but that yeah. doesn't stop people from doing things. I am absolutely sure somebody must have done it. <laughs> don't know why, but yeah. that is what I was thinking about. <laughs> That's so random. <laughs> it's so stupid. I doubt they stopped at their balls if they were yes. going to go as far as that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Then Daniel is back from his trip. Oh, by the way, Teal Cat watched twice in this episode while Teal and Daniel were traveling and also at Jack's house. He was wearing the black beanie both times. Just mm-hmm. putting that out there. Yeah. I like the black beanie. I wish that they would kind of get some more original hats, though. 
They've been just defaulting to the black beanie mostly. I know. I mean... With the fedora-type hat on occasion. Fancy occasions. You can't always do your cowboy outfit. It really doesn't fit sometimes, I feel like. If he showed sure. up with his cowboy hat and his like red scarf True. to talk to these people, they might not have taken him very seriously. I wish on occasion he could maybe, maybe wear like a regular beanie. Not like a winter hat beanie, but yeah. like the kind of beanie that was more like a rainbow cap with the little propeller oh yeah that would be amazing that would be fantastic i think actually we did that once in a in a photoshop i think you're right (laughs) seems like a thing we would have done (laughs) probably a joke i've already made and forgotten about (laughs) that's okay we've been doing this a while and we Uh, have (laughs) almost three years in just a couple more weeks bananas right anyway daniel is back from his whirlwind across the usa trip who knows maybe all these people were in colorado we don't know (laughs) anyway he's back he is in hammond's office with hammond and sam daniel is talking about how the people he spoke to literally said all the same things that jack said about his account the difference is that none of them were de-aged when they were abducted They've tried to contact the Asgard. The Asgard aren't responding. Then Fraser comes in and is like, they better come soon if they're going to help. <gasps> What's Uh-oh. happening? Next, we are back in Jack's room where they have indeed given him a PS2. It was a PS2. Yeah, interesting. And he's playing a video game. And it's a racing game. And I was like, I wonder what this is. And then there was one <laughs> website that said it was Gran Turismo. And I was like, cool. Oh. But where did they get that information? And I couldn't find where they got it from. But I was able to find like the different race courses available in Gran Turismo. And it matched up with one of them that is oh, on nice. the screen he has. So I'm pretty sure that's right. So he was playing Gran Turismo 3 specifically. Excellent. It's very important. Very important. <laughs> racing games are fun. Yeah. 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 I used to love them. My sister and I played them all the time. I was hoping my brother had a catalog knowledge of video games. So I like <laughs> texted him while he was at work like, hey, look at this screenshot. What game do you think this is? But he guessed Need for Speed and he was fair. Never had a PS2. So I had no idea. I had a PS2, but I only had like two games. I had Grand Theft Auto 3 and Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, which was... 95% of the reason I bought a PS2, <laughs> the other 5% being I didn't own a DVD player and that would also play DVDs. Ah, fair. When it stopped playing DVDs, I got rid of it. Gotcha. <laughs> fair. It was a very expensive DVD player, basically. <laughs> anyway, fair. none fair. of that is the point of this scene. Nope. He pauses Gran Turismo when Sam comes in. She asks how he's doing, and he's like, I think I'm getting another zit, and I'm still a kid, so great. She reports to Jack that there was a team of geneticists analyzing Jack's test results, and Dr. Fraser has that information, and it's not good news. His genetic structure is growing more unstable, and he's dying. So that's not fun for either of them. Indeed. Yeah. That's bad. Later in the infirmary, they are checking Jack out. He says he feels fine. 
She says that he's going to start noticing symptoms as things get worse, and eventually he's going to get thirsty, and then his vital organs are going to shut down. So that's something to look forward to. Ooh. Yeah. And then eventually that's going to all lead to a total system failure, essentially. Did you say thirsty? Yeah. Oh. Oh, fatigue first. Sorry. He's going to get tired, and then all of his vital organs are going to shut down. I assumed there'd be some thirst. <laughs> well, it seemed weird to me that she was going to just jump from fatigue to, and then everything shuts she down. She skips like, over, yeah. Skips over. There's going to be a lot of intermediaries in between <laughs> there. <laughs> like, yeah, excessive <laughs> thirst and tons of pain and probably dizziness and like, you know, headaches and a lot of other th- interstitial things before the vital organs just completely shut down. <laughs> Maybe she was trying to sugarcoat it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was like, you'll be sleepy, and then you're going to die. <laughs> it uh, looks like he's dead. Oh, my God. Oh, little guy. It looks like he's dead, or he is dead. It just looks like he's dead. He's got, like, glow in the dark blue paint on him or something. What is wrong with you? They're exploring every option that they have. Hmm. Yeah. Jack is still angry that the Asgard haven't shown up to help. Understandably. Yeah. Yep. But who has come to help is Jacob Carter. Woo! Slash Selmac. Yeah. He asked about Mark and the kids, so I guess that they haven't forgotten about them altogether, as you and I had been wondering about the other day. (laughs) She's going to tell him he says hi. Do they let Jacob slash Selmac off the base when he comes to Earth? I was going to ask if Mark and Jacob ever get to see each other, even if they brought Mark to the base or let Jacob off the base. Who knows? Unclear. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't know. <laughs> they meet up with Jack and Daniel and Teal'c, actually the rest of SG-1 and Hammond. Jacob is also puzzled as to why the Asgard would randomly de-age Jack for no reason. He is there to tell them he doesn't have a lot of options for him. His best option he can recommend is putting Jack in stasis until they figure out how to fix him. Doesn't seem like a great option. No, and Jack is not on board with this. He does not trust the Tok'ra since forever, but especially since the last time his life was entrusted to the Tok'ra, one of them hijacked his body and got him captured by Ball and tortured. So And murdered repeatedly. <laughs> yes. It was not a good time. Yeah. So I understand his reticence. Jacob's like, I promise we're not going to put another hagfish in you. <laughs> and, which still does not assuage his concerns. Yeah. Jack asks for a few minutes to think about it. And he leaves them to think about it. Indeed. Coconut came in and distracted me because the door is open. Aww puppy she was cute and needed pets so she's on my lap i was gonna say she could be your uh your beer baron this time but <laughs> i think it's better that she's your lap yeah. dog so. i have no beer baron today which is why my door is open because they would otherwise <laughs> be out there whining at it not the beer baron not the, the, beer dogs. Baron, the dogs yes <laughs> jeff only occasionally whines at the door when i'm trying to do work stuff <laughs> in the hallway sam and daniel are wondering what jack is gonna do Daniel's like, well, we're going to make him go with the Asgard because I'm not going to watch him die. Okay. Sure, Daniel, if you say so. Then they find a guard unconscious on the floor. That seems bad. 
<laughs> they call into a phone that there's a security breach on level 25 by the guest quarters. Jack comes out and runs down the hall and makes his escape in a hatch that leads presumably towards the surface. Hammond catches up with Sam and Daniel sometime later. They've swept the base three times, inside and out. I guess he could have gotten out of that hatch on a different floor. I was like, why would they search inside? I guess he could have left and snuck off elsewhere. Anyway, they don't find him. Sam says that he knows the SGC as well as anyone, so if he wanted to get off of the base, she's sure that he could have found a way off the base. And so they've notified the local authorities and the state authorities to pick up this kid if they find him. And then Fraser once again, comes up and says, <laughs> there's something you all need to see. Oh my god, Fraser! Get all your information together! Seriously. Come on! Don't just Jeez. give it to us piecemeal, one at a time. I'm sorry to say this, but it's too late for me to do anything. Let him keep talking. Because Dr. Stein here has already been assigned to his case. Off the base, Jack has decided he wanted to try to score some beer, so he is getting kicked out of a liquor store because this clerk won't sell him any. Does Jack have a drinking problem? Because this is really kind of addict behavior here. A little it bit is a bad, little concerning. yeah. He happens to see a man pull up to the gas station or the convenience store. I don't know. It was both, maybe. Yeah. I think he had, I think there were pumps. I don't know. In some states, it is legal to buy beer at a gas station. That's true. Connecticut is not one of them. When yeah. I worked at a gas station <laughs> in Vermont, we sold beer there, though. Ah. He spots this guy and recognizes him, of course. It's some guy named Harley slash Harlan. I guess Harley's a nickname. Yeah. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Had to go number two. And this guy served with Jack. So younger Jack in his current form is like, oh yeah, my uncle knew you in the war and you were a stand-up guy. So, you know, maybe you want to buy me some beer? Extra sketchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... He just smiles, though, Harlan, and goes into the store without offering to give him beer. Yep. Which is the right thing to do. Good yeah. job, Harlan. <laughs> In the infirmary, Selmak has been doing some DNA tests on Jack. He is dying, but also it is not Jack. Turns out that this is, in fact, a clone of Jack. Oh, my God. Does not at all explain how he has all of Jack's memories, but we're never going nope. to talk about that again nope. after this sentence that I am just finishing now. <laughs> In a Hammond's office, Sam asks what you would call a duplicate O'Neill. I believe last time you said O'Neill with four L's. That sounds about right to me. <laughs> O'Neill. <laughs> We've already used Phoneal. We and, have. Uh, O'Neal yeah. 2.0. Phoneal. Yeah. Double Jack. I don't know. There was another one in there, too. I forget what. <laughs> four L's. We used Pseudoneal at one Pseud point. Pseudoneal, yeah, yes. We used that one. That's right. Yeah. So uh, O'Neal with four L's was going to have to do for today. <laughs> you know, they're not believing him is just so ridiculous given how many times we've had double O'Neal. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Sam's only suggestion is duplicate O'Neal. Yeah, and that, come clearly, on, as smart as she is, she's not as clever as Kathy and I. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> That's my takeaway. Either that or she just doesn't love portmanteaus as much. <laughs> Either one of which is a failing on her part as far as yep, I'm concerned. Absolutely. <laughs> so they talk about the fact that they know that the Asgard can clone themselves and that's how they actually keep their entire race of beings alive and that as a result though they have a bunch of medical conditions from the thousands of years that they've apparently been doing that which are kind of leading towards the end of their civilization if they don't fix the issue Hammond asks what all that has to do with Jack Nobody really has an answer to that just yet. Daniel says that as far as he and Tilk could tell, I don't know how they'd be able to tell, but he says as far as they could tell, none of the people that they talked to were clones. Sam, as she always tends to do, jumps to some crazy conclusion that, of course, turns out to be right, in that she figures the Asgard must have taken the original people, replaced them with clones, not to arouse suspicion, and then switched them back to the original people sometime later. <laughs> Okay. Why not? So that means then that eventually someone's going to come back with the real deal O'Neill, as Kathy has called him in the past. (laughs) I won't take credit for that one. Take all the credit. I said it. It was my idea. (laughs) Yay. Yay. They think the fact that he's still as young as he appears to be was probably just a mistake, although they don't really know why that would have been a side effect of whatever happened and they think that somehow the asgard wouldn't even know that there was an issue wouldn't the asgard notice that he was still a kid when they returned him can they not are they that bad at judging age and size of humans that seems really bad given how long they've been studying humans right yeah no wonder they're doing so poorly at finding finding the answers they're looking at if they still have so little of an idea of how humans work So basically they think that they need to try to find the young Jack before this switch happens. Otherwise, they're never going to be able to catch the Asgard that did it. Because their best bet is to just keep monitoring young Jack until the Asgard come to take him. And to switch him out for the real Jack. And then a phone rings. And we get a close-up look of Hammond's red phone for the first time ever. It has a lot of buttons on it. It does have a lot of buttons. I took a screenshot of it. It's not at all important. It really was not nearly as interesting as I was hoping it would be. However, he did lie when he said that he had his granddaughters on speed dial because I don't see them anywhere on here. (laughs) There's some different like Intel, Com, Joint, Chiefs, Dept, Def, which I, you know, would assume. (laughs) (laughs) No, Dept, Def, that's his granddaughter. Yeah, oh yeah. He named his granddaughter Department of Defense. Comp scroll code, whatever that is. Maybe that's one of his granddaughters. <laughs> and then he's got a bunch of locations in the SGC, like the gate room, whatever the multi-room is. Hmm. And all stains? I don't know what that one was supposed to be either. Stains. That's what it looks like. Hmm. Stairs? Definitely not an R. Hmm. Oh, maybe it's stations. Maybe it's S-T-A-T-N-S. Hmm. It was very blurry, and I'm looking at it through a not very good <laughs> photo from my phone. And then there's other things like NORAD and security and stuff like that. So it is very boring, and you're all welcome for that summary. (laughs) Anyway, they have somebody that wants to talk to Hammond on the phone, and Hammond says to patch him through. It is specifically a Lieutenant Colonel Beck on the line. 
AKA Harley. A- a- yes, exactly. AKA Harlan Beck. And it has to do with Jack. <laughs> yeah. And next, SG3 Quarters has found Jack. Jack is fishing yep. in some random stream. He doesn't want them to come near unless they've brought beer because he's still jonesing. Yep. They tell him he needs to come back with them. He wants to know how they found him. <laughs> and Daniel's like, Colonel Beck called General Hammond. And also, Teal'c says, there, you bought bait from a guy <laughs> who recognized you. <laughs> so good job, Jack. Yep. I thought you were stealthier than this. He's not. No. <laughs> he tells them he does not want to be cryogenically frozen or whatever. Daniel tells him, no, we're not going to do that. We have a new plan. Which then he's hesitant to say anything else to Jack and pawns the news off on Sam. I liked how both Daniel and Teal'c were refusing to meet Jack's eyes. It reminded me very much of my dog, Lily, who likes to pretend she's not there. And when I want her to like come over and get pets and she doesn't want to move, just refuses to make eye contact with me. She doesn't want to tell you, Mary, you're a clone. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sam has to give Jack the news that he has been cloned and he is the clone. He is not happy to hear this <laughs> and is unhappy when Daniel calls the other Jack the real Jack. Yep. And they need his help to find original Jack and get this all fixed. Yep. According to Daniel, later in the briefing room, they've calculated a seven-day gap between abductions. Okay. And I didn't get the impression that any of the people before had been abducted multiple times a week apart, but whatever. I guess that is a thing that happened that they are just writing in now. Either that or they're talking about the people they went to see all got abducted consecutively every seven days. I don't think so, because they were all different ages. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. This is weird. Uh, that's Whatever, just, it's not like they were all the same age when they got abducted. So that them being yeah, different just but, has nothing to do with it. But like, but. so you're abducted. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's here. Thank you. Glad you're home. <laughs> oh my god. He got home. <laughs> he did. What did he bring you? Two roads, Honey Spot Road. Ooh. Delicious. Solid choice. Yeah. yeah. I did not get the impression that they were all kidnapped just a week apart. I thought that they were years apart, was my impression. So I guess they were all abducted twice. But why? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe if they only had one recollection of the event, maybe they all lost a week of time or something. Or maybe they're counting so person gets abducted replaced with clone and then seven days later clone gets abducted replaced with person yeah whatever yeah but in that case you would think that the people would all be reporting a week of lost time which none of them are so i don't know how they calculate this seven day gap I, i don't know also yeah okay i'm gonna stop thinking about this anyway it made my head hurt i had too many questions yeah. by the end of this episode <laughs> <laughs> oh it's still my turn isn't it yeah <laughs> you yeah. got you got like one bit into i did i got scene, one, like one line <laughs> yeah jack says that the plan sucks 
as far as he's concerned. He knows who he is. So, you know, screw all you people, basically. But he's going to do the right thing anyway, which is lay in bed until someone comes to get him. Because this is the only chance they have of figuring out what's going on. And I guess he doesn't necessarily care so much about rescuing the real Jack so much as getting some answers. Or maybe he cares about both. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Jack wants a gun. They're not going to give him a gun. But they do agree to at least give him a zat so that he can have something to help himself out. Because he rightfully points out that by the time that the Asgard come for him, it's going to be too late for SG-1 to SG-3 quarters, I guess they are, to do anything about it. They're just going to come and take him. And before they even realize that he's gone, he's going to be gone. And it was a good point that he made because that's exactly what happens in the next scene. Yeah. Yeah. And in that next scene, Jack is laying in bed and reading Cracked Magazine. I didn't know what Cracked Magazine was I didn't know it was a thing. Oh. Colin knew. We talk, I was talking to Colin about this. I used to uh, look. I used to read the website. I didn't know it was a magazine. Yeah, it was a magazine first. It was a magazine for a long time. Assuming it was sort it's of the like, same thing, anyway. Yeah, and the website came after mm-hmm. the magazine maybe ended, or there was some maybe some overlap. Gotcha. I don't know. But Cracked Magazine was sort of like a Mad Magazine like imitator. Mm-hmm. I guess there were a lot of them, um, which I never actually read Mad Magazine I really didn't either. either. And looking at Cracked Magazine, it really doesn't look like it was aimed at me. So, (laughs) like, so even this specific issue, which was that Jack was reading, which was issue 359 (laughs) from February 2003, I found it on Internet Archive, which is a great resource. And fuck the publishers who go after Internet Archive. But anyway... I get there are writers, whatever. I know it's a complicated issue. Sorry, that was a simplification. There's a similar database where somebody's basically stolen a shit ton of research articles from peer-reviewed journals because it can cost like hundreds of dollars for a single article, as you know, because you're frequently helping students to get them so that they don't have to pay those fees. Like, you know, students like myself that you helped get research for. Yeah, mostly, I mean, mostly I help people who pay exorbitant fees to the place I work to access these articles for no cost. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, I think she's in Russia and she's got like so many arrest warrants out for herself. She is Russian, so she's like from Russia or another country over uh, in that area. And she's got so many arrest warrants out for her in the U.S. And she's like, whatever, I don't care. (laughs) There's no extradition, (laughs) so whatever. And so she just keeps doing it. And it's amazing because research needs to be made available to the general public, and it's frequently not. So I think that, I mean, I think it's good because it's not like the researchers are getting that money. It's just the publishers of these things that are getting the money. So it's kind of stupid to have these huge paywalls anyway that was a huge tangent yeah yeah so cracked.com yeah the one he was reading like the back cover i don't know if you could read it but it said does the shy guy's guide to dating really work and it's like some editor who wrote some guide yeah i did notice that one i don't remember those being the kinds of articles that i was reading on cracked but i don't really remember what i was reading on cracked i mean this this issue of the magazine is largely comics, which is fine. Yeah. I It's just, again, not a thing that's geared toward me. I really feel, like, very strongly this is geared towards mm, juvenile males, teenage yeah, males. Like, 
wouldn't stop me from reading um, it necessarily. No, no, but it just doesn't yeah. seem like it's certainly not my jam. Right. Although I did, I did take the time. I, I just kind of browsed through it, but I did take the time to read through eight simple rules for dating a middle-aged nerd, Ooh. which is also in this article. So maybe that's what Jack was reading. Who knows? Tell me how do how do I keep my husband? <laughs> let me see. Let me go. Let me skip ahead to that page. It was twenty two. Yeah. Not that I'm saying that judgmentally because he also happens to be married to a middle-aged nerd. So I don't think they were very good rules and they were definitely focused at like, okay, rule number one, choose your favorite Star Trek captain carefully. That could be okay. See, I I have such a tough time answering that question. And that just, I think, shows exactly how nerdy I am that I have such a difficult time figuring out how to answer that question not because i don't know the captains but because it's really a tough choice for me between kirk picard and now um oh, pike. captain pike yeah anson mount pike. exactly yeah oh, specifically anson mount so pike good. but yeah who i think yeah, might be no, becoming it's... i was actually just thinking about this the other day because that's the kind of nerd i am of like who is my favorite yeah. captain now i think it's yeah. anson mount pike it might be Pike yeah. for me too. I mean, I love Janeway has always been my favorite, but like, oh, Janeway is great. Yeah. Rule number two: Make sure you don't agree to date on the same night. He gets together with his Dungeons and Dragons buddies. Oh. Well, he doesn't have any of those, but if he did, I would probably be playing too. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rule number three: Dress warmly. You'll be spending three months waiting in line for the next Star Wars movie to open. This is dated. Right? And also, we did sp- <laughs> we did spend a really long time waiting in line for the Star we Wars did. movies when the prequels came out. <laughs> oh, be prepared to act out some rather unorthodox fantasies. No. Yeah. Mm. Number five, try to act interested when he spouts off useless and annoying bits of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time, well, he does do that a lot, but most of the time I am actually interested in it. <laughs> It's just like so many people do that. <laughs> yeah. But useless trivia is fun. Rule number six. Don't expect dinner to be any more extravagant than what you can find at a comic book convention snack bar. Well, okay. Yeah, because I'm not cooking yeah. and he's not cooking. So it's probably yeah. okay. frozen pizza for yeah. dinner. <laughs> okay, dino nugget people. Yeah, we love our dino nuggets. <laughs> You're just a hater because you don't have yep. a Costco membership. <laughs> I do. Oh. I got one. Well, we buy a I bunch didn't... of dino nuggets and a chest freezer to keep them in. My problem is that then I have to actually go to Costco. I know. It's rough. But when I go to Costco, I don't have to go to the grocery store as often. So True. Yeah. Rule number seven. When confronted with a mugger, hand over your purse. It's cheaper than having your date's brains dry cleaned from your dress. I feel like that's good advice anywhere <laughs> yeah that that that's a good self-preservation yeah like, that has nothing yeah. to do with middle-aged nerds that's just good advice because no, no money is worth dying for so and yeah. who carries money anyway it's your credit cards that you can easily replace yeah and this one is a total annoying stereotype if you decide to take that final plunge come to terms with the fact that your wedding honeymoon and pretty much the rest of your life will be spent in his parents basement oh fuck that <laughs> Yeah. Although to yeah. be fair, when we were getting ready to get married, we were living over his parents' garage. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I remember yep, that. To help us save some money for wedding and uh, apartment, and well, actually, we were getting ready to buy a house at the time. But yeah, 
Yep. But yeah, so that was the one article I actually read Fair. instead of just blowing through. Because, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. so crack.com. Not for me, but definitely geared towards Teenage Jack, I think. Yeah. yeah. Except for the, I don't know. Maybe he'd find the nerd. I don't know. He didn't. I bet Jack. What was Jack like as a kid? Do you think he was a nerd at all? Probably no, not. I'm sure he was no. a jock as a kid. Yeah, and he was actually hiding his intelligence probably. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't even be surprised if he was a bully because of how he bullies mm. Daniel. I bet he was Fair. actually probably not a very likable teenager at all. Yeah. And that he had gained some humility from his time as a POW. That's my head cannon. Ah, there we yeah. go. That's good. I like yeah. that. So yeah, so he's reading this. <laughs> this has been a hugely long tangent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Hopefully everyone else did too. I realized I was listening to a podcast the other day where they were going off on these long tangents very frequently, and it was annoying the crap out of me. And I'm like, geez, I hope that Kathy and I aren't this annoying. <laughs> their tangents were boring, and ours never are. I hope not. <laughs> right? Kathy reads you crack.com yeah. from 2003. That was 20 years yeah. ago. And Mary gives her commentary on it. Yeah. <laughs> Stargate, huh? Stargate. Jack's laying in bed waiting for an Asgard to k- kidnap him. Go. Oh, right. It's my scene still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He calls to Sam and asks if she's still got her ears on. But no, she is not Apophis and doesn't regularly wear Mickey Mouse ears on the job. He then calls to Daniel and Teal'c, who also confirm that they are there and that everything seems fine. He's at his house. I forgot. He is at his house in bed now yeah. while everybody else is... <laughs> hanging around outside not being as covert as they probably should be but it doesn't really matter because all of a sudden jack is gone anyway in a flash of light and it's a good thing that he had that zat with him because as he predicted (laughs) he was gone before they knew what was happening yep but as sg three quarters all rushes in to see what happened they're surprised to find the old o'neill old neil not old (laughs) Because he's only like 48, but, you know, old comparatively. Old yeah, Neil. Yeah. In his bed, asleep. And he wakes up and asks what the hell they're all doing there. <laughs> up in the spaceship, young Jack is just floating. Suspended. Yep. He is greeted by an Asgard who tells him not to be afraid. And young Jack is not afraid. He zats the Asgard and then shoots whatever he identified as the thing holding him up and falls to the ground. So he's free. The Asgard is down. Back in old Neil's bedroom. (laughs) He's still very confused about what's going on and why the rest of his team is in his bedroom. He's like, this is important. And Sam says, just a little. And then young Jack is fidgeting with stuff on the Asgard ship trying to do a thing and he figures it out down on earth Jack's like I was having the weirdest dream and then the whole team is beamed up to the Asgard ship and then we've got a meeting between young Jack and old Neil who asks what's going on (laughs) and once again everyone is looking away and refusing to make eye contact he still knows you're there guys just like I always still know that (laughs) Lily is there on the end of the couch Just because you're not looking at him doesn't mean he doesn't know you're there. Can't see us if we don't move. (laughs) 
So <laughs> young Jack and old Neil make their introductions. Jack asks how long he was asleep and what happened. Daniel does finally say that he was kidnapped and they attempted to replace him with a clone, but it wasn't a very good replacement <laughs> since it was not the right age. <laughs> Tilk lets them all know that the Asgard has woken up. And now the Asgard is the one asking what the hell's going on. <laughs> and he is dismayed. He says everything is all wrong. And old Neil is <laughs> lamenting the fact that he hasn't had his coffee yet and hasn't peed in seven days. So can you hurry it up and just give us some answers? We find out that this Asgard is named Loki. And since I know that they are always voiced by somebody who's already involved with the show, I searched to see who this was. And it was Peter DeLuise voicing Loki. Oh, okay. Who Daniel notes is the god of mischief. I didn't look him up because I was too busy looking up Crack Jack. Ah, that's as far as I know about Loki. And he had like a flaming sword. That's that's what I got from the movie Dogma, though. So I don't know. (laughs) Wait, snap. I'm feeling a little exposed here. I don't know. I mean, he's also, he's Tom Hiddleston, so yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> also true. Can't see into the future. I'm not a witch. No? Why'd you dress like one? They go back and forth a little bit because Loki does not want to tell them anything about what he's been doing or why. But SG-1, of course, insists. And after a while, he starts to spill some information that he's a scientist, specifically a geneticist with the Asgard ruling council, or at least he was. He got kicked out because he was doing too many unsanctioned experiments on humans. <laughs> Chuck's like, you've got sanctioned ones? But Loki says he was just doing what was necessary because they need to figure out their cloning issues so that they can fix the problem with their population, failing and dying as it is. Sam asks how these experiments can help to change that. And apparently the human bodies are similar to what the Asgard bodies used to look like thousands of years ago, but copies of copies of copies of turned them into what they currently are. And so he is hoping to make a clone that could contain their superior intellect. But his research was unsuccessful. And young Jack's like so much for massively superior intellect that (laughs) was amusing to me. Yeah. (laughs) And old Neil was like, I was going to say that. Loki's pretty convinced, though, that if he was allowed to just continue in his experiments, he would have eventually been successful. But it was 19 years that he couldn't do any more testing because of his loss of his position. But then once the rest of the Asgard got distracted by the war with the replicators, he snuck off to continue his work. And he specifically chose Jack because of his ability to download all of that information way back when, when he built that machine that allowed them to first communicate with the Asgard in the first place. I was thinking if he wanted somebody with superior genetics, he should have come before Jonas was written off the show. But nope, he didn't. They should do an intro. They'd be like, Loki, meet Jonas Quinn. You guys could help each other. Yeah, exactly. But no, that's not what happened. No. I don't know how Loki would help Jonas, but I could, they probably could figure something yeah. out. Jonas's planet is not that advanced technologically. I'm sure Loki could give them some stuff. Right, yeah. And then Jonas himself, presumably not just Jonas, but all the people on that planet have advanced biology, according to... Yeah. Uh, what's her face? The gold. Near T, thank you. And, and uh, Anubis, And Anubis, right? yeah. So, yeah. yeah, maybe send them over that way to Kelona on the unknown planet. <laughs> 
name. <laughs> Loki says that Jack is a significant step forward on the evolutionary path. Jack specifically, that is very convenient. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that it would specifically be Jack. And he has nobody to pass it on to. So I guess that is going to just die with him unless he decides to have more children. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. To be fair, leaps in evolution actually can happen over just a single generation. It's not very common, and it happens way more often in plants because usually a big leap forward in evolution is the result of a whole extra chromosome being inherited. And plants can do that without a problem, but animals are shitty at that. Okay. We don't deal with that well, but plants plants are more likely to have that happen than animals are, including humans. Sam and Jack would make super beautiful and brilliant babies. They would. I'm just saying. That is true. They would, if you're into that kind of thing, I suppose. So maybe they can make some babies for the Asgard to experiment on. (laughs) Oh, yikes. (laughs) I'm just trying to help a whole species, okay? And ship people, okay? (laughs) All right, yeah. Uh... (laughs) trying to help the Asgard here, all right? (laughs) Not knowing how to respond. I'll keep moving on. Okay, okay. You're the one who brought up Daniel being in Young Jack's underwear, okay? This episode has gone places already. I specifically said he was not in Young Jack's underwear. (laughs) That's true. In case anyone was worried. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, Loki... (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Loki doesn't regret his actions. He's just trying to save his people. Meanwhile, young Jack is complaining that he's dying, though. And Loki is like, well, too bad. I can't help you. And so they all decide to call Thor, who's been ignoring them up until this point. But I guess they're just going to give him another try. Maybe they'll have better luck calling him directly from an Asgard ship. They dial out to Thor and then (laughs) all wait around in a an amusing, awkward silence, just kind of looking around. <laughs> like, where is he going to show up? How long are we going to... Yeah, now he's here. And immediately asks Loki what he's done when he sees Loki tied up, surrounded by SG-1 and extra SG-1.25 again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. 1.1? Yeah. <laughs> is that an adult? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We learn from Thor that he put a marker on Jack's DNA to prevent any attempts at genetic manipulation. (laughs) So I was confused what that meant. Like genetic manipulation, you mean like you can't edit his genes or you can't clone him? Because clearly they did clone him. It just didn't really work right. But genetic manipulation, I'm not thinking that you're cloning him. I'm thinking that you're trying to edit his genes. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess so... That, they figure, is why the clone didn't mature the way that it was supposed to. But is that why the clone is dying? Or did all the other clones also die the same way that this one did, but they also aged better than this one did? I assumed that all the other clones died. I feel like that was intentional. And they also had already, they were an exact copy age-wise as their original. Yeah, but you still got to age I think because like when you start with a clone, you're still starting off with a single cell. So you've got to grow it into a person and then age it from there. Yeah. So again, why didn't Loki notice? Yeah. What? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was left again. How many times has he done this? So many questions. Yeah. Yeah. Sam asks if it's true that 
Colonel O'Neill is the key to solving your cloning problems, and Thor says no. Jack is sad. Old Neil is sad because he thought he was advanced. And Thor is like, well, you are, but you're still not what we've been looking for. So too bad. Jonas. Yeah, exactly. Bring Jonas back. Just write him in. Just write him in now. Yeah. 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 So they're still focused on the fact that young Jack is dying. And even though Loki said that there is nothing that they could be done about it, Thor clearly has a solution to that, although he's reluctant to use it. And Jack's like, well, he's just a kid. He's a kid with the memories of like a 48-year-old man, though. So (laughs) not really just a kid, just because he looks like one. But at Jack's, old Neil's insistence, Thor agrees to save young Jack somehow. He's going to repair his DNA. And if successful, then young Jack will continue to mature at the normal rate from where he currently is. Yeah. And then I guess Thor does that because yeah. next, young Jack has enrolled in high school mm. for some reason, yeah. even though he has the knowledge of a 48-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we learn the reason. It's that he wants to bang teenage girls. Which is just so which... disgusting and creepy. Because, <laughs> again, yes, 15-year-old body, 48-year-old mind, though. Yeah, Young Jack, though, is like, well, we didn't do high school, you know, in a positive way the first time. He said they didn't embrace high school, I guess. So he's decided to do high school differently. And so he's going to go be, I don't know, a cool guy in high school in the same town where Jack works and lives for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe relocate him to a different part of the country? Right, yeah. They're acting like they're never going to see each other after this, which is weird because, as you said, they're in the same town. Also, young Jack said that the Air Force had set him up. Like, set him up how? With guardians? Or is he going to have a foster family of some sort? I hope so. He's a teenage boy. Or is he just going to be an emancipated minor? A teenage alcoholic yeah. minor and yeah. emancipated minor doesn't sound like a good idea. No. Also, I think he'd be a major security threat. Yeah, what the hell? Right? But yeah, so whatever they're doing, they've set him up and he's going to high school like five feet from where the Stargate is. Yeah. Because that's how I imagine Colorado Springs High School, mm-hmm. if that's a real school. Is it a real school? I have no idea. I didn't look. Let's find Let's out. Look doesn't look like there's a Colorado Springs high school specifically. There are high schools in and around Colorado Springs. Yeah. Which makes sense. I think Colorado Springs isn't small. No, it's big. We looked up the size yeah, once we and it was like 3 million yeah. people or something. No, it can't have yeah. been that. I don't think it was that many. But Wait, no, it was like 300,000 people, I think. Yeah. Well, in 2021, it was 483,956. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, even yeah. more than I was remembering. They probably have more than one high school, and none of them are just called Colorado Springs High, according to my very quick Google Yeah, search. same. From what I'm seeing here, there's Harrison High, Coronado High, Sierra High, yeah. and then there's an option to select for more that I don't care enough <laughs> to select for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in 2003, though. Probably not, though. <laughs> but yeah, so young Jack is going to go live a different life than old Jack four feet from where old Jack lives. Yeah. Older Jack is like, well, if you need anything, let me know, even though the Air Force has him set up. And yes, he is going to go hit on some teenage girls. And 
old Jack is like, cool, sounds good to me. Bye. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Did you like the episode, Kathy? I did. So there were a lot of questions and it was kind of weird, but I really thought the actor who played young Jack did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. and I thought the comedy was well done and those things are basically the things I like (laughs) so it was good for me yeah how about you (laughs) I know that was short sorry (laughs) yeah well I did like it for the most part but with some caveats I just had so many questions like what exactly is it that makes Jack's DNA so special I mean, yeah, I'm sure I know that they're not going to really come up with an answer, but it was making me wonder, like, exactly what is it that is so special about him and what in his DNA is causing that? Yeah. And what is the point of inserting the clone that has been made into the person's life for a single week only to then take it back? How does that benefit anything in any way? Are they trying to do a test on the clone to see how it functions or are they doing further testing on the person while they're captive and just hoping nobody notices i didn't understand the point of that at all and how that helps in the goal of their experiment of helping the asgard survive yeah i assumed it was just to make it look like there was nothing going on so the people looked extra crazy when they came back i don't know but yeah i thought that the clones themselves though were kind of the end point because they were trying to make clones that as he as loki said had superior mental capacity to a normal human so super weird who knows are they making other clones while there's a, like, are they just making multiple yeah. clones, but only one of them goes back to replace the person while they're on the ship? And then what happens to the original copy during that <laughs> week? Is it just, are they just asleep that whole time? And why would they, since DNA doesn't hold memories, why would they bother going? To, I said I wasn't going to mention this, and now I'm mentioning it again anyway. But since DNA doesn't hold memories, why would they bother to go through the extra step, whatever extra step is required to give all these clones memories only to then have the clones die, I guess, to just make them blend in better. But then I was also wondering, like, yeah, what happened to all the other clones? Are all the other clones dead? And then all of so. yeah, and then all the questions about, like, what happens with this young Jack? How is he not a huge security threat? And <laughs> how does anyone think that this isn't an awful idea? And how is this okay that this 48-year-old man dressed as a child is going to be hitting on all these teenage girls? And, yeah, I just had a lot of questions that kind of dampened my enjoyment of it. But overall, I thought it was an yeah. amusing episode. Fair. <laughs> Maybe there could be a spinoff sitcom where Cassandra and young Jack <laughs> are raised by Dr. Fraser. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I don't know what we would call it, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just have like think of awkward times and yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Dar. Lots of. Gate. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? Oh, right. That's. That's a thing. I guess. That I do. Let's see. If you want. What episode is this? Four. Episode four of season Thank seven. You. No problem. Season seven, episode five, revisions. Four. Season. Seven. Four. Three we just Oh, did. I thought you said we're we were four. doing four. I asked what episode oh. this is, and you said four. Oh, I thought, I thought you were me holding. I thought you were holding the book in your hand asking what we were doing next. So. I am holding the book in my hand. I was asking what okay. episode we just did, though. 
Oh, okay. Well, we we had a misunderstanding, but we've cleared it up. So tell me about episode four. Episode four is Orpheus. No longer the invincible warrior he once was, Teal'c must adjust to his new limitations when he is wounded in battle. So we're finally going to address the fact that they're using Tritonin instead of Hagfish. Finally, (laughs) after how many episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Through the help of Daniel, Teal'c visualizes that Ryak and Braytak are being held prisoner in a Gwilwold death camp. That seems bad. With SG-1's help, Teal'c sets out to rescue his son and his mentor, but can he overcome his fears in time? So I guess that's not just that he's visualizing them there, but they are actually there? Yeah. Does Daniel have the ability to see places and things elsewhere? I I guess we'll find out. Uh, maybe and share that with others. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the impression that he kept any of his powers. So <laughs> me either. Uh, yeah. He didn't even keep his memory for no dumb reason. Right. <laughs> so exactly. We'll see. Yeah. I guess. According to the TVDB, after an injury, Teal'c must put aside his self-doubt when SG One launches a mission to rescue his son and his mentor from a Jaffa death camp. Well, at least we get some Braytac. I do like Braytac. Me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll get some break. Yeah. Anything we else need we need to go over in this episode? <laughs> I don't think so. It okay, been long enough. It has, <laughs> and I still got to go edit this other episode. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's my fault good, for not starting sooner. We started early. Yeah. I, anyway. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast if you've not done so. Any likes you can give us, any reviews you can give us, we would greatly appreciate. If you would like to talk to us in some fashion, you can do so by emailing us at stargazing at gmail.com or you can go to our website, stargazing.space, where you can send us messages and also leave us voicemails. If you would like to visit us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Stargazing, and we are also at Stargazing on Mastodon.world. Finally, if you would like to help us financially continue this podcast <laughs> and you like it enough to do so, I don't know, that got that got bad. I was on a roll and then I just fucked were, it up. And you did. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not starting over. Um, <laughs> if you would like to give us a hand financially, you can head on over to patreon.com slash stargazing. We do have some bonus content available and we would love you very much if you did that. We love you anyway, but we'd love we you more. We do love you anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like this extra level of love. Yeah. It's hard to describe. Yeah. I'm Kathy. I'm Mary. And you've been listening to Stargate Sing. The end. Oh, <laughs> the right. end. Yeah, you say that. <laughs> Whatever. But you did it. I it's did. fine. I did it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Much less syrupy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 